my friend, I have a favor to ask. I'm running as a hero in the 2023 St. Jude Memphis Marathon weekend. St. Jude heroes are runners who fundraise while they train for their race. And I am proud to be a part of this nationwide alliance against childhood cancer. I want to help make sure that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, so they can focus solely on helping their child live. Your donation, no matter the size, will help. Will you help me reach my fundraising goal? Please visit my fundraising page to show your support at fundraising.stjude.org slash go to slash Donita J. That's D-O-N-I-T-A-J. There's a link in the show notes. I can't thank you enough for helping the kids of St. Jude. Today, we dive into a topic that, while often overshadowed by the thrill of the race and the rigor of training, is the unsung hero of peak performance, recovery. But we're not just talking about giving your muscles a break. We're venturing into the intricate dance of electrolytes, the rejuvenating power of sleep, and the mind's incredible capacity to reset and recharge. Whether you're a newbie taking on your first triathlon or a seasoned pro, the science of recovery is pivotal to your journey. So grab your favorite recovery drink, settle in, and let's unpack the mysteries behind bouncing back stronger than ever. Listen in for episode 39 of the official Triathlete Podcast. Hey, my friend, my name is Danita Jacobs. Some people know me as a nurse, a leader, and health expert. Other people know me as a coach, race official, and seasoned triathlete. But at the end of the day, I'm simply a friend with a mission. I want to help you transform your life. My goal isn't to help millions. My goal is to help you. Welcome to the official triathlete podcast, where you will learn about all things multi-sport broken down into bite-sized pieces and how we can blend life demands with fitness goals. My approach is different because I am blending my 20 plus years of healthcare and athletic experience to help you be the healthiest, happiest, and most balanced athlete you can be. I believe in you, even if you don't. You really can reach those soaring goals and I'm here to help you get there. I'm so glad you made it here. If you have a question or topic idea, get in touch and let me know. After all, this show is for you. Enjoy. Hello, my friends and fellow athletes. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you're here. I always start with a little message from my Train With Heart program. It's my mission to transform the whole athlete. So heart not only develops and prepares the body for improved athletic performance, but aims to optimize the whole person through healing, empowerment, awareness, reflection, and transformation. So each episode, I share a little snippet from how I help my athletes with one of these elements. Today, we're going to discuss reflection. Let's venture into an exciting and incredibly practical tool that every athlete can benefit from, and that's mind mapping for athletes. At first glance, mind mapping might seem more suited to a boardroom brainstorming session than the world of sports. But trust me, it's a game changer. So what is mind mapping and how can it elevate your athletic performance? Let's dive in. A mind map is a visual tool that represents ideas and concepts branching out from a central theme. For athletes, this central theme can be a particular event, a training session, or even an entire season. Now imagine a map with the title, Last Triathlon in the Center. Branching out from this could be themes like swimming, cycling, and running. From these, you can further branch out into subcategories like pacing, technique, equipment, and mental state. This visual representation serves several purposes. First, it allows you to deconstruct your performance into manageable parts. Instead of a vague feeling like, I need to improve my cycling, 
You have a clear breakdown of what specifically about your cycling needs work, whether it's endurance, speed, gear shifts, or mental focus during uphill climbs. Secondly, mind maps can be an excellent tool for goal setting. By visually laying out these areas of improvement, athletes can set clear, targeted goals for each aspect of their performance. So instead of just aiming to be better, you aim to increase my cycling speed by 10% in the next three months, or focus on breath control during the final lap of the swim. Moreover, when we visually map out our reflections, patterns begin to emerge. Perhaps you notice that mental fatigue consistently sets in during a particular segment of each race. Recognizing such patterns can then guide specific interventions. Maybe it's time to work on mental endurance exercises or tweak your nutrition for sustained energy. Lastly, this isn't just a solo endeavor. Sharing your mind maps with coaches, peers, or mentors can open up collaborative discussions. They might see connections or patterns that you hadn't noticed or offer insights on particular challenges you've mapped out. So if you're looking for a structured, visual way to reflect, plan, and collaborate on your athletic journey, give mind mapping a try. Whether you prefer digital tools or good old paper and colored pens, the key is to start mapping your way to clear insights and improved performance. I genuinely hope this technique brings clarity and focus to your training and races. So keep mapping, keep reflecting, and keep pushing those boundaries. Today, we're diving deep into something that we've all faced, but don't talk about enough, recovery. I mean, come on, who hasn't felt like a truck hit them after a grueling session, right? But guess what? I have for you 16 game-changing ways to boost your recovery. You heard me right, 16. So let's not waste a second and dive right in. Number one is sleep, the underrated elixir. First on your list, good old sleep. Seems basic, right? But how many of us actually get those golden seven to nine hours? Training breaks your body down. Sleep builds it up. So invest in a comfortable mattress, blackout curtains, and maybe even some calming sounds. Your body will thank you. Sleep is the foundation of recovery. It's not just about quantity, but quality. Deep REM sleep accelerates muscle repair. Keep your room dark, cool, and distraction-free. And maybe invest in some earplugs or a white noise machine if necessary. Sleep is a complex physiological process, and its role in recovery, especially for athletes and active individuals, is multifaceted. Here's a detailed look at the science behind sleep's importance for recovery. First is muscle repair and growth. During deep sleep, specifically the non-REM stages, blood flow to the muscle increases. This increased circulation brings along oxygen and nutrients that facilitate repair and recovery. Growth hormone, crucial for tissue growth and muscle repair, is released in pulses during steep sleep. This means that adequate sleep can help maximize the secretion of growth hormone, fostering muscle recovery and growth. Next is energy restoration. Sleep is crucial for restoring energy reserves depleted during the day. Glycogen, a primary energy source for muscles during exercise, is replenished more efficiently during sleep. Adequate sleep can also optimize the balance of hormones, such as insulin and cortisol, which play roles in energy metabolism. Next up is cognitive recovery and mood regulation. Sleep plays a pivotal role in cognitive functions, mood regulation, and stress management. Good sleep can enhance decision-making, reaction times, and emotional stability, all of which can be particularly crucial for athletic performance. Sleep deprivation can increase levels of cortisol, a stress hormone, and decrease levels of glycogen and carbohydrates stored for energy use, impacting both physical performance and recovery. Next is immune function. 
Chronic sleep deprivation can compromise the immune system, making an individual more susceptible to illness and infections. Proper sleep is vital for the optimal function of cells, proteins, and cytokines that combat disease and infections. This is especially important for athletes as intense training itself can momentarily suppress the immune system. Next up is injury prevention. Fatigue due to inadequate sleep can compromise motor functions and reaction times, increasing the risk of injuries during physical activities. Sleep deprivation can also affect pain perception, potentially leading to a reduced pain threshold. Then there's mitigating inflammation. Chronic sleep deprivation can result in elevated levels of inflammatory markers. While inflammation is a natural part of recovery post-exercise, excessive inflammation can hinder the process and lead to overuse injuries or chronic muscle pain. Then there's learning and skill acquisition. Especially relevant for athletes learning new techniques, sleep plays a significant role in the consolidation of motor skills. The RIM, or rapid eye movement, stage of sleep in particular is crucial for converting new skills from short-term to long-term memory. And hormonal balance. Beyond growth hormone, sleep affects a myriad of other hormones like testosterone, important for muscle growth and repair, leptin and ghrelin, related to appetite and energy use, and insulin, crucial for carbohydrate metabolism. Overall, sleep is paramount for both physical and mental recovery. To optimize recovery and performance, it's crucial to prioritize both the quality and quantity of sleep. Okay, number two is nutrition. I mean, you are what you eat. After training, think protein and carbs. Eat within 30 minutes of your workout. It's like feeding a hungry beast, that beast being your super worked muscles. After an intense session, your muscles are screaming for nourishment. Incorporate lean proteins like fish or chicken and quick carbs like sweet potatoes or quinoa. It's like repairing tiny muscle tears with high quality food glue. Nutrition plays a pivotal role in recovery from exercise and injury. What we consume can directly impact the body's ability to rebuild tissues, replenish energy stores, and reduce inflammation. Here's a deep dive into the science of how nutrition aids in recovery. First up is muscle protein synthesis. After exercise, particularly strength training, muscles undergo microtrauma that requires repair. Protein, broken down into amino acids, is crucial for muscle protein synthesis, effectively repairing and building muscle tissue. The key nutrient is protein from sources like lean meats, dairy, legumes, and protein powders. Next is replenishment of glycogen stores. Glycogen is the primary storage form of carbohydrates in the body, mainly found in the liver and muscles. Intense exercise depletes muscle glycogen stores. Consuming carbohydrates post-exercise helps replenish these stores, aiding in recovery and preparation for subsequent workouts. The key nutrient is carbohydrates from sources like grains, fruits, and vegetables. Then there's reduction of muscle soreness and inflammation. Exercise can induce muscle soreness and inflammation. Omega-3 fatty acids have anti-inflammatory properties that can help reduce muscle soreness and enhance recovery. The key nutrient here is omega-3 fatty acids found in fatty fish, flaxseed, walnuts, and algae oils. Then there's muscle and bone recovery. Calcium and vitamin D play a crucial role in bone health. Strength training, while beneficial for muscles, also places stress on bones. Ensuring adequate calcium and vitamin D intake supports bone recovery and strength. The key nutrients are calcium from dairy, leafy greens, and fortified foods, and vitamin D from sun exposure, fatty fish, fortified foods, and supplements. Then there's antioxidant protection. Exercise generates free radicals, which can cause cellular damage. Antioxidants neutralize these free radicals, protecting cells and supporting recovery. 
The key nutrients are vitamin C and E, selenium, and various phytonutrients from fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Then there's supporting immune function. Intense training can temporarily suppress the immune system. Nutrients like zinc, protein, and vitamins A, C, and E can support and bolster immune function. The key nutrients are zinc from meats, legumes, and nuts, vitamin A from liver, sweet potatoes, and carrots, vitamin C from citrus fruits, berries, bell peppers, and vitamin E from nuts, seeds, and green leafy vegetables. Proper nutrition timed effectively around workouts or throughout the day can significantly enhance recovery, reduce the risk of injury, and optimize performance. All right, number three is BCAAs, the essentials. Branch chain amino acids, or BCAAs, are a group of three essential amino acids, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. These amino acids are called essential because our bodies cannot produce them on their own. They must be ingested through our diet or supplements. BCAAs have grained popularity in the athletic and bodybuilding communities due to their potential role in muscle protein synthesis and energy production during workouts. Here's how they might aid recovery. First is muscle protein synthesis. BCAAs, especially leucine, play a crucial role in activating the primary pathway responsible for muscle protein synthesis. This is the process by which the body produces new proteins to repair and build muscle fibers. Post-exercise, there's an increased rate of muscle protein breakdown. Consuming BCAAs can help tilt the balance in favor of muscle protein synthesis over breakdown, potentially accelerating muscle repair and growth. Next up is reduction in muscle soreness. BCAAs might help in reducing delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS, after intense exercise. Although the exact mechanisms are not entirely clear, BCAAs may reduce muscle damage during workouts, leading to reduced soreness. Some studies suggest that athletes who consume BCAAs before or after their workouts experience less muscle soreness and faster recovery times. Next is decreased muscle wasting. In times of physical stress, like intense workouts, the body may break down amino acids in muscles to use them as energy sources. BCAAs can help protect against muscle protein breakdown, as this can be used as an energy source themselves, sparing muscle tissue. Next is improved exercise performance. BCAAs can also potentially reduce fatigue during exercise. They compete with the amino acid tryptophan for entry into the brain. Tryptophan can be converted into the neurotransmitter serotonin, which is thought to increase feelings of fatigue during prolonged exercise. By reducing the amount of tryptophan that enters the brain, BCAAs might reduce fatigue and improve performance. Then support of immune function. Intense training can suppress the immune system. BCAAs, by helping in the synthesis of new proteins, may support the function and maintenance of immune cells, potentially aiding in keeping the immune system robust even after exhaustive workouts. Despite these potential benefits, it's essential to approach BCAA supplementation with a holistic perspective. While BCAAs can provide specific benefits for recovery and performance, whole protein sources like whey, casein, or even whole foods like chicken or beef provide a complete spectrum of amino acids, which might offer broader recovery advantages. As always, it's a good idea to consult with a nutritionist or other healthcare professional before adding any supplement to your regimen. Number four is to stay hydrated. Remember, folks, we're basically cucumbers with feelings. Our muscles are 75% water, so keep sipping and no, coffee doesn't really count. Water helps flush out toxins and transports essential nutrients to your muscles. Aim for half your body weight in ounces daily. 
And after rigorous sessions, you'll need even more. Hydration is a cornerstone of human health and particularly crucial for athletes and those engaging in physical activity. The human body is approximately 60% water, and even minor disruptions in fluid balance can have significant physiological effects. Here's the science behind using hydration for recovery. First is maintenance of blood volume. Water is a crucial component of blood. Adequate hydration ensures that blood volume remains at optimal levels, facilitating nutrient and oxygen transport to muscles and other tissues, aiding in recovery. Proper blood volume also ensures efficient removal of waste products like lactic acid and carbon dioxide, which accumulate during exercise. Then there's temperature regulation. Physical activity generates heat, and the body uses sweat as a primary mechanism to dissipate this heat and maintain a stable internal temperature. Adequate hydration supports effective thermoregulation, preventing overheating and related complications, which can hinder recovery. Then there's joint lubrication. Fluids in the body contribute to the synovial fluid that lubricates joints. Proper hydration can support joint health, reducing the risk of injuries and promoting recovery. Next up is metabolism and energy production. Water is essential for various metabolic reactions, including those involved in energy production. Staying hydrated ensures that these metabolic processes occur efficiently, providing energy for recovery and subsequent workouts. Then there's reduced muscle cramps. Dehydration, along with electrolyte imbalances, can lead to muscle cramps. Proper hydration, especially when combined with electrolytes, can help prevent or reduce the frequency of cramps. Next is prevention of dehydration-induced fatigue. Dehydration can lead to feelings of fatigue and decreased performance. Staying hydrated can improve performance, mood, and cognitive function during and after exercise. And last is support for cellular repair and muscle growth. Cells require an adequate amount of water to function properly. Hydration is essential for cellular repair processes and protein synthesis, which are crucial for muscle recovery and growth. While hydration is crucial, it's also essential not to overdo it. Overhydration, or hyponatremia, can occur when excessive amounts of water dilute blood sodium levels, leading to potentially dangerous complications. It's essential to balance water intake with the consumption of electrolytes, particularly during prolonged physical activities. Number five is active recovery. Now, I'm not saying to train every day, but a gentle swim, a leisurely bike ride, or a light jog can help increase circulation and speed up recovery. Think of it as pampering your muscles. Think of active recovery as a gentle massage of your muscles. A slow bike ride or walk can enhance circulation, delivering oxygen to tired muscles. So it's not about pushing, but pampering. Active recovery refers to engaging in low-intensity, low-impact physical activities after more intense workouts or competitions. This approach to recovery has become increasingly popular and is believed to offer several advantages over complete rest. Here's an exploration of the science behind active recovery. First is increased blood flow. Low-intensity exercise during active recovery helps maintain elevated blood flow to muscles and tissues. This increased blood flow delivers essential nutrients for tissue repair and aids in the removal of metabolic waste products that can contribute to muscle soreness, such as lactic acid. Next is reduced muscle stiffness. Engaging in gentle movement can help prevent muscles from becoming stiff after more intense exercise sessions. Maintaining a range of motion can be particularly beneficial after workouts that can lead to muscle tightness or reduced mobility. Then there's enhanced lactate clearance. 
Lactic acid accumulates in muscles during high-intensity anaerobic activities. Active recovery by promoting circulation can facilitate the removal of lactate from muscles more efficiently than complete rest. This can potentially reduce the duration and severity of muscle soreness. Then the psychological benefits. Active recovery can also have psychological advantages. Engaging in low-intensity activities can provide a mental break and reduce feelings of fatigue and burnout associated with more demanding training routines. It allows athletes to remain active without placing undue stress on their bodies. Next is maintenance of motor skills and techniques. For athletes, active recovery sessions can be an opportunity to work on techniques, form, or motor skills without the pressure or intensity of a regular training session. It allows for skill repetition without the associated physical strain. Next is reduced delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS. Engaging in active recovery can reduce the symptoms of DOMS. The combination of increased blood flow, enhanced waste product removal, and maintained muscle movement all contribute to alleviating muscle soreness. Next is improved long-term adaptations. Over a more extended period, integrating active recovery sessions into a training program can lead to better overall adaptations to exercise as it allows tissues to heal while still promoting activity, circulation, and muscle engagement. While active recovery offers several benefits, its effectiveness can vary based on individual needs, the specific sport or activity, and the overall training program. It's essential to listen to one's body and adjust recovery strategies as needed. Number six is compression gear. Those tight, sometimes funny-looking socks, they aren't a fashion statement. Well, maybe they are, but they're mainly to reduce muscle soreness. Wear them post-workout and feel the difference. These items increase blood flow and reduce muscle oscillation, basically the jiggling of muscles. It's like giving your muscles a gentle, continuous hug, reducing the risk of soreness. Compression gear, including socks, sleeves, tights, and other garments, has become increasingly popular among athletes and fitness enthusiasts for both performance and recovery purposes. The idea behind compression wear is to apply graduated compression, meaning the pressure is higher or tighter at the extremities and decreases as it moves towards the heart. Here's an overview of the proposed mechanisms and potential benefits of compression gear for recovery. First is enhanced blood circulation. The primary rationale behind compression wear is that it enhances venous return. By applying external pressure, compression garments help push blood from the extremities back toward the heart, potentially counteracting pooling of blood and fluid in the limbs. Improved blood circulation can help with the faster removal of metabolic waste products generated during exercise, like lactic acid, aiding in recovery. Next is reduction of edema and inflammation. Swelling, or edema, can be a natural response to injury or post-exercise muscle damage. Compression gear can help reduce the space available for swelling and encourage fluid uptake back into the bloodstream. By limiting excessive swelling and enhancing fluid return, compression wear might also help in reducing inflammation, further supporting the recovery process. Next is muscle oscillation reduction. During physical activity, muscles vibrate or oscillate. Over time, these oscillations can contribute to muscle fatigue and soreness. Compression garments can stabilize muscle tissue, reducing these oscillations and potentially minimizing muscle damage and subsequent soreness. Next is increased proprioception. Compression gear can heighten an individual's sense of proprioception, the awareness of the position and movement of the body. This heightened awareness might aid in better movement control and technique, potentially reducing the risk of injury and aiding recovery. And then temperature regulation. 
Some compression garments are designed with materials that wick away sweat and help regulate body temperature. Proper temperature regulation can aid in muscle function and reduce the risk of strains or injuries. It's worth noting that individual responses to compression gear can vary. While some athletes might experience noticeable benefits in terms of reduced soreness or faster recovery, others might not perceive significant differences. The fit and quality of the compression garment, as well as the level of compression it provides, can also play crucial roles in its efficacy. Number seven is cold and hot treatments. Ever seen athletes dunking in ice baths? It's not because they like the freezing. Alternating between cold and hot treatments can decrease inflammation and increase muscle recovery. This is about controlling inflammation. Cold constricts blood vessels, reducing swelling, while heat opens them up, promoting nutrient flow. Alternating between them provides the benefits of both. We see many social media influencers dip themselves into ice barrels and try to convince us to buy one and join the chilled recovery party. So does this actually help with recovery? Well, it's all about decreasing inflammation. And what it's really about is what is going to restore your range of motion. There are worthy studies that suggest that putting athletes into an ice bath after an intense workout, then putting them into a compression system like the Normatec actually does restore the range of motion. Cold therapy, also known as cryotherapy, and ice baths have been popular among athletes and individuals engaging in strenuous physical activities for their potential recovery benefits. Here's a breakdown of the science behind cold therapy for recovery. First is vasoconstriction. Cold exposure causes blood vessels to constrict, or vasoconstriction. This reduced blood flow can help minimize swelling and inflammation in the immediate aftermath of acute injuries or intense exercise. Then there's pain reduction. Cold can numb the skin and underlying tissues, leading to decreased pain sensation. This numbing effect can provide temporary relief from muscle soreness or joint pain. Additionally, cold can slow nerve conduction, further reducing pain sensations. Then there's a decrease in metabolic activity. Cold slows down cellular metabolism, which can limit secondary cell death and tissue damage post-injury. This is especially relevant in the case of acute injuries like sprains or strains. And then there's reduction in inflammation and edema. Cold exposure can reduce the inflammatory response in tissues. By slowing down the metabolic activity, cold can limit the release of inflammatory mediators, thereby reducing swelling and inflammation. The vasoconstriction caused by cold can also reduce fluid accumulation or edema in the tissues, further aiding the reduction of swelling. Then there's lymphatic drainage. After the initial vasoconstriction, removing the cold source can lead to increased blood flow or reactive vasodilation. This alternation, especially in the case of repeated cold and warm exposures, can facilitate lymphatic drainage, promoting the removal of waste products from tissues. Then there's reduction in muscle damage. Some studies suggest that cold water immersion post-exercise can reduce markers of muscle damage, potentially aiding in recovery. Then there's delayed onset muscle soreness. There's evidence to suggest that ice baths or cold therapy can help in reducing the severity and duration of DOMS, particularly when applied soon after exercise. While cold therapy and ice baths offer several potential benefits, it's essential to use them judiciously. Overexposure can lead to frostbite or other cold-induced injuries. Furthermore, cold therapy might not be suitable for everyone or for all conditions. It's always a good idea to consult with a healthcare or rehabilitation professional before starting a new recovery modality. 
Okay, heat treatments, which can encompass modalities such as saunas, hot tubs, hot packs, and warm water baths, have been used for centuries to promote recovery and overall well-being. Here's a breakdown of the science behind heat treatments and their potential benefits for recovery. First is increased blood flow. Heat causes blood vessels to dilate, or vasodilation. This increased blood flow can help deliver nutrients needed for cellular repair to the muscles and remove waste products, both of which are beneficial for post-exercise recovery. Then there's relaxation of muscle and joint stiffness. Heat can increase the elasticity of collagen tissues. This can lead to decreased joint stiffness, reduced pain from muscle spasms or chronic injuries, and increased flexibility. Then there's pain relief. Heat stimulates sensory receptors in the skin, which can help decrease the transmission of pain signals to the brain and thus aid in pain relief. Additionally, heat treatments can lead to the release of endorphins, the body's natural painkiller. Then there's the reduction in lactic acid buildup. By promoting better blood flow, heat treatments can assist in flushing out lactic acid, which can accumulate in muscles after intense exercise and potentially lead to soreness. Then promotion of cellular processes and healing. Increased blood flow from heat treatments can also enhance the delivery of oxygen and essential nutrients to cells, promoting the healing of minor injuries and cellular repair processes. Next is psychological relaxation and stress reduction. Warmth often promotes relaxation. The relaxation response can lower cortisol levels, which is the primary stress hormone, reduce muscle tension, and enhance feelings of well-being. Then there's increased human growth hormone release. Some studies on sauna use have shown an increase in the release of HGH, which is essential for cellular repair, muscle growth, and various other regenerative processes. And then there's improved immune function. Regular heat exposure from treatments like saunas can lead to an increased production of white blood cells, which play a crucial role in fighting off infections and illnesses. While heat treatments offer numerous benefits, it's crucial to use them judiciously. Overexposure can lead to dehydration or burns, and those with certain medical conditions, like cardiovascular disease, should consult a physician before using heat therapies. Proper hydration and monitoring time spent in a heated environment are essential for safety. Now, the alteration between cold and heat treatments, often referred to as contrast therapy or contrast baths, has been used as a recovery method, particularly in sports and rehabilitative settings. The idea is to combine the benefit of both cold and heat modalities to optimize recovery and reduce symptoms like swelling, pain, and muscle soreness. Here's a look at the underlying mechanisms and potential benefits. First is vasodilation and vasoconstriction. Cold exposure causes vasoconstriction, reducing blood flow to the area. This can help decrease swelling and inflammation. Heat exposure, on the other hand, causes vasodilation, increasing blood flow. This can promote nutrient and oxygen delivery to tissues, aiding in repair and, and waste product removal. Alternating between these states can create a pumping effect, enhancing the removal of metabolic waste products and decreasing edema. This contrast in blood flow can facilitate tissue healing and reduce soreness. Next is pain modulation. The cold component can help numb the area, providing pain relief. The heat component can act on deeper tissues, reducing muscle spasms and joint stiffness, leading to a decrease in pain perception. Then there's decreased muscle spasm and stiffness. Heat can increase tissue elasticity, reducing muscle and joint stiffness. Following heat with cold can help minimize any subsequent inflammation. Then there's reduced edema and swelling. The cold component can help reduce cellular metabolism and decrease the inflammatory response, thereby reducing swelling. 
As mentioned before, the alternation between cold and heat can enhance fluid dynamics, reducing edema. And then cellular and metabolic effects. Cold slows down cellular metabolism, which can limit secondary tissue damage post-injury. Heat, conversely, can stimulate specific cellular activities and promote healing. While the rationale for contrast therapy is grounded in physiological principles, it's essential to recognize that individual responses can vary. Some research indicates significant benefits from contrast therapy, while others suggest that the effects might be minimal or equivalent to just using one of the modalities, either cold or hot alone. If considering contrast therapy for recovery or rehabilitation, always consult with a healthcare or rehabilitation professional to ensure its appropriateness and safety for the specific condition or situation. Number eight is foam rolling, the love-hate relationship. Ah, the sweet pain of foam rolling. This, my friend, is self-massage. Sure, it's slightly torturous at times, but it's like having your own personal masseuse, minus the spa music. Foam rolling releases tight spots and muscles, known as trigger points. Regularly rolling out can increase range of motion and decrease post-workout tightness. Think of it as ironing out the creases in your muscles. Foam rolling, often categorized under self-myofascial release, or SMR, techniques, involves using one's body weight to roll over a foam cylinder, targeting various muscle groups. Over the years, foam rolling has gained popularity among athletes, fitness enthusiasts, and rehabilitation professionals for its potential benefits related to recovery and mobility. Here's a breakdown of the science and mechanisms behind foam rolling's role in recovery. First, it's increased blood flow and temperature. Foam rolling can increase blood flow to the targeted muscles, which aids in nutrient delivery and waste product removal, both essential components for muscle recovery. Then there's improved muscle and fascial length. Prolonged pressure and manipulation of the tissue, as experienced during foam rolling, can lead to changes in muscle and fascial length. This can result in increased range of motion and improved muscle function. Then there's reduction of muscle soreness. Delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS, is common after intense or unfamiliar exercise. Foam rolling post-exercise has been shown in some studies to reduce the severity of the duration of DOMS, potentially by enhancing blood flow, promoting lymphatic drainage, and decreasing tissue edema. Then there's enhanced muscle activation. Foam rolling may improve the neuromuscular system's efficiency, leading to enhanced muscle activation and force production in subsequent exercises. Next is breakdown of adhesions or scar tissue. Over time and with repetitive motion, adhesions or knots can form in the muscle and fascia, potentially leading to reduced mobility and pain. Foam rolling can help break down these adhesions, improving tissue quality and function. Then there's pain modulation. Foam rolling can simulate various receptors in the skin and underlying tissues. This simulation can lead to a temporary reduction in muscle pain or tightness through gait control theory, where non-painful stimuli can inhibit the transmission of pain signals. And last is improved lymphatic drainage. The lymphatic system plays a crucial role in removing waste products from tissues. This mechanical pressure from foam rolling may facilitate lymphatic drainage, promoting the removal of waste products and aid in recovery. While foam rolling has demonstrated several potential benefits, it's essential to use the technique properly to maximize its effectiveness and minimize the risk of injury. Avoid rolling directly over joints or bones, and if you're dealing with a specific injury, it's a good idea to consult a physical therapist or health professional before incorporating foam rolling into your routine. Number nine is to stay consistent with stretching. 
We've all skipped it, don't lie, but spending just 10 minutes post-workout can increase flexibility and decrease injury risk. Stretching not only increases flexibility, but promotes circulation. Focus on dynamic stretches pre-workout, like leg swings, and static stretches post-workout, like hamstring stretches. It's the best way to show some love to your tendons and ligaments. Number 10 is Epsom salt baths. Remember grandma's old remedy? She was onto something. Epsom salts can help relax muscles and loosen stiff joints. Epsom salts are rich in magnesium, which can be absorbed through the skin. This helps in muscle function, reducing cramps, and overall muscle fatigue. Picture it as a spa treatment for your tired limbs. Epsom salt, chemically known as magnesium sulfate, has been used traditionally for its reputed therapeutic properties, especially in the form of Epsom salt baths. While anecdotal reports abound regarding its benefits for recovery, especially among athletes and those engaged in strenuous physical activities, scientific evidence is still evolving. Here are some proposed mechanisms and potential benefits of Epsom salt baths for recovery. First is the magnesium absorption. One of the primary claims regarding Epsom salt baths is that soaking in them allows the body to absorb magnesium through the skin. Magnesium is a critical mineral for various physiological processes, including muscle function, energy production, and nerve function. While the efficacy of transdermal absorption of magnesium from Epsom salt baths is still debated, some believe that increased magnesium can help with muscle relaxation and reduce cramping. Next is reduction of muscle soreness and stiffness. Warm baths in general can increase blood flow to sore or stiff muscles, helping to alleviate pain and accelerate the recovery process. When combined with Epsom salts, many users report enhanced benefits in terms of reduced muscle soreness. Next is anti-inflammatory effects. Magnesium has been studied for its potential anti-inflammatory properties. While most of these studies examine dietary magnesium, the premise behind Epsom salt baths is that if magnesium can be absorbed transdermally, it might help reduce inflammation, aiding in recovery. Next is stress reduction and sleep improvement. Magnesium plays a role in regulating neurotransmitters that are responsible for calming the brain and promoting relaxation. A deficiency in magnesium can be linked to increased stress or difficulty sleeping. By potentially increasing magnesium levels, Epsom salt baths might promote relaxation, reduce stress, and improve sleep, all of which are vital for recovery. And then the detoxification claims. Some proponents of Epsom salt baths suggest they help in the detoxification process by promoting perspiration and drawing out toxins. However, scientific evidence to support this claim is sparse. While many athletes and individuals swear by the benefits of Epsom salt baths for recovery, it's essential to recognize that experiences might vary. Always consult with a healthcare professional if uncertain about using Epsom salts or if experiencing adverse reactions. Number 11 is recovery balms and ointments. Recovery balms and ointments typically contain a mixture of ingredients designed to provide relief from pain, reduce inflammation, and promote healing. Here's how they can help with recovery. One is the analgesic effects. Some ingredients in balms and ointments can provide immediate pain relief by numbing the area or distracting the user with another sensation, like heat or cold. Next is anti-inflammatory properties. Ingredients in these products can reduce inflammation in the applied area, which can help decrease pain and promote healing. Next is increased blood flow. Some balms and ointments contain ingredients designed to increase blood flow to the area, which can help flush out waste products and deliver healing nutrients more quickly. Next is muscle relaxation. 
Some ingredients can help relax tense muscles, which can be beneficial for recovery, especially after intense exercise. And then there's a barrier function. Ointments in particular can create a protective layer over the skin, preventing further damage or contamination. Here's a small list of some popular recovery balms and ointments. Tiger Balm. This is a blend of herbal ingredients providing a sense of warmth to soothe muscle aches and pains. Icy Hot. Contains methanol and silicolates, providing both cooling and heating sensations to distract from pain and relax muscles. Biofreeze. It uses menthol as its active ingredient to provide a cooling effect, often used for arthritis, sore muscles, and back pain. Voltaren Gel. It contains diclofenic, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug that works to reduce pain at the site of application. CBD Balms and Ointments. With the rise in popularity of CBD, many balms and ointments now contain this hemp-derived ingredient, believed to have anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving properties. Always consult a healthcare professional before using any new products, especially if you have underlying health conditions, are pregnant, or are currently taking medications. Some ointments or balms can interfere with medications or cause skin reactions. It's also essential to use these products as directed and be cautious about using them with heat sources, like heating pads, which can intensify burns or skin reactions. Okay, number 12 is hydration plus electrolytes. Remember point four? Now add some electrolytes. Post-workout, you're like a car running on empty. Replenishing with electrolytes is like a premium fuel for your engine. Training means sweating, and sweat depletes essential salts. Replenish with sports drinks or natural sources like bananas and coconut water. It's like recharging your body's electrical system. Okay, number 13 is tart cherry. Tart cherry, particularly in the form of tart cherry juice or tart cherry extract, has gained popularity as a natural recovery aid among athletes and those engaged in strenuous physical activities. The beneficial effects are primarily attributed to the high concentration of antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds found in tart cherries. Here's a look at the science behind tart cherry's role in recovery. First is reduction of muscle pain and damage. Tart cherry consumption has been linked to reduced muscle pain and damage following intense exercise. This can lead to faster recovery times and and improved subsequent performance. Next is anti-inflammatory properties. The anthocyanins in tart cherry have strong anti-inflammatory properties. Inflammation is the natural response to exercise, but excessive inflammation can hinder recovery and performance. By reducing inflammation, tart cherry can potentially accelerate the recovery process. Reduction of oxidative stress. Exercise can produce reactive oxygen species, or ROS, leading to oxidative stress, which can damage cells in slow recovery. Tart cherries are rich in antioxidants, which neutralize ROS, thereby potentially reducing the negative impact of oxidative stress post-exercise. Next is improved sleep. Recovery isn't just about muscle repair, it's also about overall body and mind rejuvenation. Tart cherries are a natural source of melatonin, a hormone that regulates sleep. Improved sleep can greatly benefit recovery by enhancing the body's natural restorative processes that occur during deep sleep stages. And last is reduction in muscle soreness. Regular consumption of tart cherry juice or extract can lead to reduced perceptions of muscle soreness, which can be particularly beneficial for those engaged in endurance sports or high-intensity training. The positive findings around tart cherries suggest that they can be a valuable addition to an athlete's or individual's recovery strategy. 
However, as with any supplement or dietary change, it's always a good idea to consult with a healthcare or nutrition professional before making any significant adjustments to one's regimen. Number 14 is beetroot. Beetroot and its derivative supplements, often in the form of beetroot juice or beetroot extract, have gained considerable attention in the sports and fitness community for their potential ergogenic and recovery-promoting effects. The primary active components believed to offer these benefits are dietary nitrates. Here's a look at the science behind beetroot's role in recovery and performance. First is increased nitric oxide production. Dietary nitrates in beetroot are converted to nitrates in the body and subsequently to nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator, meaning it can expand blood vessels, enhancing blood flow to muscles. This improved circulation can promote the delivery of oxygen and nutrients to muscles, aiding in recovery. Next is reduction of oxygen cost. Studies have suggested that beetroot supplementation can reduce the oxygen cost of submaximal exercise, allowing athletes to maintain a given level of exercise intensity with reduced effort. This efficiency can potentially reduce muscle fatigue and hasten recovery. Next is muscle function and soreness. Enhanced blood flow due to nitric oxide production may lead to reduced muscle soreness after exercise. With more efficient nutrient and oxygen delivery and waste production removal, muscles may experience reduced soreness and faster recovery post-exercise. Next is the antioxidant properties. Beetroot contains betalanes, compounds that possess antioxidant properties. Antioxidants neutralize reactive oxygen species produced during intense physical activity, reducing oxidative stress. By mitigating oxidative damage, beetroot might play a role in supporting muscle recovery. And last is the anti-inflammatory effects. The anti-inflammatory properties of beetroot, attributed to its phytonutrient content, can be beneficial post-exercise. By reducing inflammation, beetroot might aid in faster recovery and reduced muscle soreness. The positive findings around beetroot supplementation make it a compelling option for athletes and those engaged in regular exercise. However, as always, it's vital to consult with a healthcare or nutrition professional before introducing significant changes to one's diet or supplement regimen. Okay, number 15 is mental recovery. Mind over body always. Try meditation or even visualization techniques. It helps bring down stress, which believe it or not, affects physical recovery. Mental fatigue can be as debilitating as physical. Set aside time for meditation, deep breathing, or even just reading a book. Your mind needs a cool down just as much as your body. And number 16 is listen to your body. Last but most importantly, if your body's screaming at you to stop, listen. Taking a day off won't set you back, but an injury might. If something feels off, it probably is. Recognize the difference between good pain, like muscle fatigue, and bad pain, like joint discomfort or sharp pains. Remember, you're in this for the long haul. There's no shame in taking a day or two off. Oh, woo. That was a list and a half. Remember, triathletes, it's not about how fast you recover, but how well you recover. And with these 16 tips, you're on the path to becoming a recovery superstar. For a full list of peer-reviewed journal articles that were reviewed for this episode, head over to trynursecoaching.com slash episodes slash OTP39. If you love today's episode, please share, rate, and review. And as always, keep pushing, keep thriving, and remember, every hurdle is a stepping stone to success. This is Danita Jacobs, your triathlon coach, signing off from the official triathlete podcast. 
swim, bike, run, and always have fun. Until next time. Bye. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. I want to get to know you, so head over to trynursecoaching.com and sign up for a free 30-minute goal-setting session. Love the show? I'd be forever grateful if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends. And remember, do things that are hard 